You know, it's interesting, Kathy, that we're going to talk a bit about our uh, dependence on technology today because I had like, I nearly had a freaking meltdown. I left my cell phone at home and I had like a long string of errands that I had to do, including coming to your place to record this. And it was like I'd lost a limb or something, right? Because She I, looks really upset. Oh, God. <laughs> It's so stressful because then you realize I was supposed to text somebody to say, come pick me up. And then I realize I don't know her phone number because it's just in my phone and the whole blah, 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 blah. I've been watching all the X-Men movies and right now your eyes kind of look like mystiques. Yes, well, fortunately, uh, today was, this is my last stop on today's um, carousel of expectations, shall we call it. <laughs> Let's talk about that instead. <laughs> the carousel let's, of expectations. Everybody wants to know about Nora Young's carousel of expectations. <laughs> so okay. I have a little thing about AI. Yeah, um, you know, pretty cool thing. We've been talking about this a lot, and I've been following AI for a long time. Um, and I, for the longest time, I was such a skeptic about AI. But really, the, <laughs> the developments have been like really astonishing in the last little while, especially because of these kind of deep learning approaches where they're kind of modeled on the way the brain is connected, the synaptic connections in the brain. Mm -hmm. So this was a story that um, was about research out of Stanford, which is about an AI that can read and answer questions about a news article. And this is not the first time this has been done. Um, Google's DeepMind did it too, but this was a significant improvement on uh, Google's results. So it's a yeah, team it was at like Stanford. 10 better. Mm -hmm, yeah, um, and part of what they did, I mean, I'm not going to go into details because you can read it yourself if you're interested. But shit, I wanted to ask you, how does it work? How does <laughs> <Yeah>. it work? <laughs> that would be the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, I think. But it's kind of a neat thing, and so we're, particularly with this kind of thing where we're seeing advances in the ability to recognize speech, the ability to recognize images, the ability to recognize faces, and now the ability to kind of understand and in some sense interpret text, understand in quotation marks. But yes. it's pretty fascinating, but also a bit creepy. It's creepy, but what I kind of liked was, and unless I read the article incorrectly, which is definitely possible, but it seems that they were focusing more on the AI understanding the content and being able to regurgitate back, if I was to ask you a question, mm -hmm. to actually be able to regurgitate those facts, mm -hmm. not anything emotional about it, not anything that we think of as intrinsically human about it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, I would love that. Because you know, I sent you like some ruminations, you yeah. know, about the future, which I won't get into now. But I thought, my gosh, I would love to have this particular piece of AI to say, have any other articles been written about this? And to have it go right through it with that, you know, computer, that AI precision that humans don't, don't have. have. Yeah, I mean, it's, in it's interesting. And we're starting to see after such a long time of you and I talking about the idea of kind of intelligent personal assistance and stuff, we're actually starting to see that 
with contextual computing and Google Now and Siri and all that stuff, that end of things is really, really taking shape. And this kind of thing, the ability to isolate facts and answer questions about something that's been in an article, it's exactly that kind of companion to human or support for human learning as opposed to replacing what humans do. Yeah, I also found it interesting that it seemed to be working better if the articles and the amount of data that it was fed were smaller. So like, let's imagine you fed it whatever newspapers you read every day, and then asked, you, asked it questions, as opposed to larger databases, mm -hmm. because that takes longer for it to learn. Mm -hmm. Which was one of the things that, like, part of the way a lot of these AIs work is that it, this deep learning approach is that there's an enormous amount of training data that you can provide. And they actually, one of the researchers makes this point that you have to curate the information that it's drawing from, otherwise you might end up with, in the example that she uses, you know, you might end up with an AI system that thinks that Obama was born in Kenya, right? Like if it's drawing from trading data, that, that that's not accurate or whatever. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. no, no, I, I thought it was great. Mm. I thought, I just thought in terms of something that I was looking for, I thought, cool. Now you have uh, a little, very fun little uh, actual robot thing. I do. It's something that came out of Stanford and it's called the, now, Maybe because the guy I think has a French name, it's maybe it's Jacques Robot. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to call it Jack Robot, right? <laughs> because they're these little robots. They're about three feet tall. They kind of look like R2D2 with Wally's head shoved on top of it. And they wear a tie and they have like a fedora and they have a suite of cameras and sensors in their head. Hmm. that help them actually navigate pedestrian spaces solely. So they're great for things like helping disabled people across the street, mm -hmm. um, delivering pizzas, running. God, you could be, they could be the couriers of the future. Mm -hmm. One of the things, though, that was interesting was, as they said, you know, this should come as no surprise because the autonomous car is nearly upon us makes sense that we would have these little robots that zip around and do stuff for us too, our own little wallies. Mm -hmm. But they said it's actually a lot more difficult to program them because there's all these different human cues. Like when you're in a car, you go up and down lines. There's a stop sign. There's, uh, there's red means stop, green means go, so on and so forth. But in the pedestrian traffic, as we all know, and especially in Toronto, when things get busier, there's, it's really tight maneuvering. It's chaotic, too, right? Because humans are unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all of a sudden, oh, I, I, I forgot my phone at home, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. something like that. So, but they are having luck with them. Mm -hmm. And they really actually have, at least the article read, as if they're having a fair bit of success. And people like them. Yeah, because they're cute. It's that whole anthropomorphic thing that we humans like. Yeah. I... I don't know, it kind of looked like um, a bookie. <laughs> like a really, really sharp bookie at the track. Right. You know, with the fedora and uh -huh. his cigar sticking yeah, out yeah, of his yeah. yeah, yap and going, yeah, I want a little bit. What do you want? What do you want on your pizza? A Damon Runyon uh, bookie anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think um, I think they're going to be coming, and I think they're going to be coming very soon. And actually, you know, it's said that five to six years, they would probably be on the market, and they would be about 500 bucks. But actually, if you think about all of the ways in which we're starting, I mean, drones are another example of all of these kinds of automata that we're starting to have uh, around us on the uh, on the streets and in the skies around us. We're going to have to figure out like lots because there have already been these problems with drones, like 
falling out of the sky and injuring people and crazy things like that. So we're going to have to figure out a way that we and they can cohabit and co-perambulate without, uh, without hurting each other. But I also yeah. think, you know, one of the, the things that you really notice is like when people are on their devices or when they have headphones in, it's like their behavior is even harder to predict, right? Like you can, you can tell by looking at somebody from behind whether they're using a phone or not just by how their body is moving, not even whether their head's down, but just the, the weird way they move. Do you know what I do now? What? Shove people from behind. <laughs> I do. I have been known to do that. Now, only if seriously provoked. But no, if I see somebody on their phone uh -huh. or the packs, as you and I love, yeah. you know, like five or six I deep, hate that. I go beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And if they don't move or get off a thing, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and eventually they move. God, we're turning into a pair of crackpots. <laughs> well, what's better, to stand behind the pack? I know, the pack thing really... I hope is, the robots yeah. run. I hope the jackrabbit runs over some people. <laughs> <laughs> like those tread marks on them. They'll learn to stop traveling in packs then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be able to tell, yeah, by who's got tread marks on their back. Yeah. <laughs> they over by the jack robot. Check out the links on your phone uh, or at thesniffer.net. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. And thanks again for saying that you appreciate us mm -hmm. on iTunes. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. See okay. ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.